Yay! Wow. It's Tuesday talk. Oh, Lord. That's what <laughs> you do a lot. Talk. That means I only get to talk on Tuesday. Oh, that would be a miracle. Twinkie! Oh, my God. <laughs> well, hopefully bringing some laughter to your home today as well. You can talk on more than Tuesday, but we're going to talk together today so about some Q&A. They'll be joining. You don't watch that. Don't repeat it. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> this is Tuesday Talk, where you get to ask questions. So on the uh, portal of Facebook Live, there will be an under International Christian Fellowship of Rome. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which some of you are logging in there, and you can actually ask questions and. We thought we'd take some time. Um, we're going to try it today. A uh, number of people have already written in questions because we sent out some messages and some people wrote back and said, I'd like to have an answer to this question. And so today, there'll be people there helping you um, get the questions to us, and we will try to answer as many questions as possible uh, in this period of time that we have. And this is something like a forum. We've done at ICF Rome for a couple different things. So people have used a survey monkey and they've written in questions. And we want to remind you that this is just, uh, you know, 45 minutes, an hour time of talking with Pastor Rick and Pastor Jennifer Pasquale from the ICF Rome. Um, but we want you to remember that some of the questions are difficult and challenging for the person who wrote them. So if you want more information, if you need more encouragement, we want you to write us. You can get the email from the icfrome.org website. That will be running in the chat as we go along as well. So please know that today is just a beginning of the dialogue with some of these questions, but we are happy to have further conversation with anyone who needs it as we go along. So as we start with these questions, why don't you pray? And just ask the Lord to give us wisdom and sensitivity. Lord, thanks for our friends today joining us from around the world. God have been uh, quarantined or shut down into their homes or uh, places of uh, abode. God, that they will um, enjoy this time. Questions will be answered, uh, insight given, prayers offered, uh, and encouragement to all who listen in. Lord, you're the God that takes us through every situation in our lives. And we found ourselves as a world in a pretty big situation. But you're a big God and you can help us along our journey. So let this time today be an encouragement to the church. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we want to say that this is a time we're going to show grace, not only to one another, but also show grace to yourself. So you show grace to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I'll show grace to you. God asks a lot. Doesn't he? Yes, he does. Ask okay. the first question. All Let's right. go. How do we stand on God's promises when everything seems to be going wrong? And another one that's similar, how should Christians respond to this coronavirus outbreak? Well, first of all, in uh, John 16, 33, it says, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. We have some trouble, but be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. So God's got this. We've been saying this now for a number of weeks. He's got us in the palm of his hand. 
And um, you're going to hear me say a few times, you know, if we're listening to what our government officials are saying and we're, we are living properly, uh, abide, abiding by those guidelines, God is going to protect us. And so I just want you to know, a lot of times we respond, though, with our human emotions. And, but I want you to take authority by using your faith. Faith moves our destinies. We've been on that for a whole month. And I want you to know he can help navigate you through the processes of, of going through this journey. And remember, you're not alone. You're not the only one in this journey right now. There's a number of people in this journey. In a number of countries. So it's not just one place. It's it's a virus that has spread around the world. And you know, to me, it kind of reminds us how do we navigate life and faith in difficult situations and circumstances. There's another virus. It's called sin. And when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, God already had a plan in motion. So when the virus entered the world through bad circumstances, God already had a healing plan in motion. Jesus went to the cross and wore stripes so that by his stripes we could be healed. So how do we respond? How do we navigate? We have to know God's word. We have to read the Bible and understand what's happening. In a less than spiritual way, maybe somebody needs to know that we also have to respond with compassion. Not everyone knows Jesus that's walking through a difficult circumstance, whatever that might be. And so we are actually the hands and the feet and the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ in our response. Um, we were on the phone the other day with uh, travel arrangements and the tech person was a little bit uh, short and irritable, you could tell. But we immediately realized she's going through a very difficult, challenging circumstance. We didn't know her. But I heard Pastor Rick and his voice just really relax and encourage her like, it's okay. I know you're working on it. Thank you. Thank you. You were showing compassion exactly. to someone. You got to. In you a very difficult Take a step back sometimes and, and look at the bigger picture. And uh, I think maybe that, you know, when we're thinking about this process that we're all in, you know, uh, the instructions that the Lord gives us are the right instructions. And, and maybe I could, because we're going to mention this a few times in this uh, a number of questions have come up in this plan. And what we're going to do next is a question about this. But I want to say it this way, that the, the guidelines are there to help you. God's guidelines are there to help you. Amen. And if you will listen to his guidelines, go up in his direction. I'm going to tell you, you're going to get through this. And, and to finish answering that first part of that question, um, you know, when everything seems to be going wrong, that definition, it may not have, the question that someone sent in, it may not even had anything to do with the virus. But uh, hopefully you've heard our answer, that whether it's the virus or when you think something's going wrong, God still can give you the direction and the, the encouragement that you need to get through that. And it may be wrong today, but remember, joy comes in the morning. And if joy comes, joy's coming. And uh, that's why we've tried to make today a little bit lighter 
um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll crack on her a few <laughs> times and make her laugh, and that'll make make you laugh, maybe. And uh, make you laugh. Well, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but let's let's go on to that second question. Yes, I want to leave you with Proverbs three, five, and six. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and also verse 23 and 26. Amen. Because it is about trusting in the Lord when things go wrong. And it is about obedience. We have to obey the doctors. We have to obey the government. We have to obey uh, the, the situation restrictions that are upon us. But God's word, like you said, we have to obey and follow God's word. And right. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 23 through 26 says, when you've done this, you will lie down and you will not be afraid. Amen. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. So another question that we had a little bit along the lines of the virus is, does your church have operations that can be incorporated into a COVID-19 plan? Okay. So it's a good logistical question again. And we're going to deal with some things as far as the church and our church family from around the world. But again, I'm going to reiterate, let's abide by the guidelines that the government officials in each, community. In each area are giving. And, and don't just say, well, in this area, it's different than this area. And, um, you know, in, in the United States, for example, right now, some of the states are totally locked down. You can't go in or out by air or driving. Uh, and you can't get in. And so then there's others that you can go out and you can go in. And the, the, the lockdown is not as severe. So you can't use what's happening in one state and say, these are my rules and these aren't your rules. you got to abide by what is for your local area, whether it's a region like in Italy, which many of you are from. you got to just listen to them. And if they say, wash your hands, wash your hands. For 20 seconds. Yeah, that's a long time. That means you got to go, go, I mean, go, 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 go. I mean, you got to do it. Ben showed me the other day. That means you got to take your fingers and go like this. Okay, Ben, I hope you're listening. I'm, I'm using your method. You got to wash your hands. And and I've washed my hands more in the last few weeks than I ever have, probably, in in, in a long period of time. So washing our hands is one of our plans. What's another one of our plans? I, I think for, for us, because I'm still in the quarantine face you know the face mask subject is a big deal and i don't wear it on screen here because i don't want you know freak out for some reason couldn't hear you but and you not be able to see my face and i want you to see my face but when you go out to the store you go to get your uh, to the pharmacy wear the mask and uh put it on your face and if if you don't have a mask cut some cloths out and put it over your ears so that you have a mask and uh, there's ways that you can do that, and I think that it is important. Um, I think there's uh, a number of different things that we can do as a church then to help this. And we've, we've created a number of platforms. And what I mean by platforms is a number of ways to connect with people. For example, um, the young adults are connecting with young adults, whether they're in Italy right now or in another country. They're figuring out ways to connect. And we're doing that through our prayer time, our world prayer meeting on 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Uh, we've tried to do it now with this question and answer. There's this uh, 
chat time that you do on Thursdays that you may ask the ladies to join you and they'll found out that the men it's Thursday connect online so we're doing things Tuesday like this Wednesday evening prayer Thursday interaction and Bible study and seeing what God is saying to us and then on Sunday we have pre-service prayer we have online classes so many of you that are around the world you're using zoom meetings we've been in a lot of zoom meetings but it feels so good to connect with someone else and hear what they're going through and these are using technology to help us so that I read today that we're not um, disassociating from one another we're disconnected from uh, touching one another sometimes but we're still connecting and so some of these platforms and this technology another thing I heard was we're not trying to make an audience we're trying to make a community and so this these points mm -hmm. of connection uh, they're going to continue re regardless of COVID-19 we're still going to have pre-service prayer we're still going to have classes in Christian education but it may encourage some more of you that have not been faithful in some of those things maybe we've taken for granted for years well why should i go to sunday school why should i go to christian education why should i go to the prayer meeting well hopefully this has been our wake-up call yes. as not only a church but as a world look when we have communities actually stopping and the police people of the city are stopping or the surgeons are stopping to have a prayer time, it should say to the church, hey, look, if those guys can do it, then, buddy, we need to be on our point, and we need to be faithful. So maybe this has been a little bit of a wake-up call for those of you that have not been faithful in your Bible reading or your prayer time. These are some platforms, some connect uh, opportunities for each of you through our ICF Rome. And if you, you know, say, well, I don't have the Facebook and I don't, there's still the podcast. Mm -hmm. So and you can iTunes, still, audio. there's, uh, there's options for you to get this information, um, whether or not you have the ability to do the Facebook live or not. And so you're going to see it in the chats. Thank you so much, Audrey, icfrome.org. That is the way for you to sign up online. If you want to zo join the Zoom, join. Join the Zoom prayer meeting. You're going to sign up online. If you want to join the Christian education classes, you're going to uh, sign I'm up speaking online. another language. ICFRome.org. Okay? It's not about perfection. It's about people. I don't know. You <laughs> okay. get the words right. All right. So if you are in Rome, though, and this is very important, ICFRome.org. You'll find the email there. We're checking the email every day. We've got numerous people working on uh, our various different groups, like he mentioned, the young adults, the ministry teams, the singles the children, the parents. Um, but if you need something, we want to know about it. So you can send us a private message in the Facebook, private message, so it's not putting your needs out there. You can send us an email from icfrome.org, um, and they're also going to put that email. It's icfcenter.rome at gmail.com, so that you can say, I maybe you know, I'm not in Rome. I can't get to you, Pastor Rick and Jen, but could you pray for me? This has been really exciting as I've been checking the emails. Not only have I found like, oh, we had someone who needed some social services. We immediately got someone to call someone who knew someone 
her needs were met within 24, 48 hours. Um, but I also had an email from someone in Uganda saying that they were praying for us in Italy. They didn't want anything. They just wanted us to know they're praying for Amen. us. Amen. So use the email, use the website, and use that in your area to help make those connections. Remember, we were not created to live in life alone. God made Adam and Eve. We know we have got the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We were created in the image of God to be in relationship. And so this is an opportunity for us to make sure that we stay in so relationship. One of the tech kids, go ahead and put that uh, email address. And they may be doing that. that. We have to follow it a little bit. And okay, you need yeah. to check your phone, okay. too. Yeah. Okay. So ask me the next question. Someone wrote in. Uh, thank you. Let me just see here. My girlfriend and I keep arguing about money, but she is not a believer. What should I do? So we talked about this a little bit. This is a very complex situation. My girlfriend and I are arguing about money. So the first thing is, why are you arguing? That's important to know, and that's hard to know. So that's why an email could possibly help. And then first of all, um, the Bible is very clear that we commit to one another completely in marriage before the Lord. So when we're married, when we're husband and wife, we are navigating our finances together. But if we have not made that marriage commitment, then we are actually putting a barrier that makes it more difficult and more challenging to navigate some of these situations. So if you're not married, then our suggestion is that each one should manage their own finances. The girlfriend should manage her finances and the boyfriend should manage his finances because you're not married. Now, I know sometimes people have to live in the same place because of finances and resources. Um, so I would say also that if there is a lack or a loss, so we don't know what you're arguing about, but if it's because you don't have enough money, then um, I want to encourage you that everybody handles their problems differently. And so sometimes you have to take a step back and say, why is this stressing you out? Why are you frustrated about this? And even though you may have a plan of action for a solving of the problem, maybe she's just feeling upset about it because she doesn't even want to have this problem in the first place. So you have to give each other permission to sort of be grieving the trouble that you're going through. So maybe it's as simple as forming a budget for the house. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe this is for some other couples that may be struggling in this area. Communication of how the money is spent is extremely important, particularly when there's two wage earners putting the money into one category or one bank account and you're trying to pay the bills from that. It's not just one or the other. You've got to have an understanding of how the money's coming in and where is the money going to. And the essential thing's got to get paid for first and, and then you work down for the optional things. And uh, we're able to help you with that. If you want to send us an email, we could send you a kind of a generic form to start using. If, if a budget will, uh, if you're not using a budget, I recommend everyone have some type of a budget system. It's, it is kind of basic math. This much money in, this much money out. However, if you are a Christian, we know that God can take five loaves and two fishes 
and multiply it when we follow according to God's word. So we're thankful for those who continue to give, who continue to sow seed into what God says, because he said, bring our first fruits to him. And we honor that. But when one is not a believer, then it's very important for the one who is a believer. You could even have two sisters or two brothers who are trying to encourage one another and they have completely different viewpoints because one is not walking with Jesus and one is. Well, the one who is walking with Jesus is responsible to live according to Christ's values, according to the fruits of the Spirit, to let that witness be strong and your responses be Christ-like. So slamming your hand down on the table and storming out in a... In a problem is not a Christ-like response. It doesn't mean you can't be angry or frustrated, but the Bible says we can be angry and sin not. So we can say, I'm frustrated with the response. Can you give me a few minutes and then let's come back and talk about it, explain what's going on. Another question we had, and then we'll go to this one, um, was what does the Bible say about eating disorders? So I pulled up a couple scriptures because, first of all, someone who's struggling with an eating disorder has a sickness in their brain and in their body that they need to take authority over, just like I take authority over other sicknesses. But I also have lost control, perhaps. And so sometimes people use it as a way of saying, this is the only thing I can control. Well, I want to remind you again about God's word in 1 Corinthians 6. 19 through 20, as it pertains to eating disorders, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. You've been bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So in that moment, when you're tempted to harm your body by not feeding it, or you're tempted to harm your body by purging, or you're tempted to harm your body in some other way. You have to take a step back and say, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if it's not, God wants to be that for you. And you can invite Jesus in. And then in your weakness, Jesus will help you in that difficult time. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord says to Samuel, Do not look on the appearance or the heights of stature, because the Lord doesn't see as man sees. Man looks on the outward. And the Lord looks on the heart. So it's not about trying to look like somebody else or measure yourself up to some imperfection or to some perfection. It's about being the best you that you can be. And that means to be healthy. And sometimes that means to have protein. Sometimes it means to have a little bit of sugar. It's okay. (laughs) It depends. For sure, you got to have water. So remind yourself that you need to give yourself some grace. And Hopefully also, Dr. Anna wasn't listening to that comment. <laughs> we do need to have fruits and vegetables. Anyway, um, see, Dr. Anna, I need fruits and vegetables. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation. So we're tempted to use our bodies as a coping mechanism. I encourage you not to try to do that. But remember, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. And with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape. So right now, maybe you're stuck at home, and you feel like you don't have any way of escape. You can turn off the triggers that are making you think about harming your body, whatever that is. If it's watching something and you feel overwhelmed with anxiety, stop watching it. 
close the computer and go do something else. Go outside and get sunshine on your air. If it's on your air. On your head. <laughs> in the air. So remember that even though you're at home, you can still remove yourself from the temptation. Turn the lights on. Don't sit in the dark. Um, just get away from the computer. Make sure that you read 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Here's another question. This lockdown is putting a strain on the relationships with my partner. I want to take it to God, but I don't know how or what to say or what to do. How to get along with people during this lockdown. Well, that, you know, obviously that's a difficult thing uh, because being locked in a house is is not easy. And I just want to encourage you, here's some, here's some steps, practical steps. Have your personal alone time where you're reading or studying or doing what you like to do by yourself. Have your together times. One of the things we've been doing is um, playing some games. And and during the game time, it's time for me to beat Pastor Jen and, uh, but, so she doesn't cheat. But anyhow, game times are fun times. And and then there's eating times. And, and That's fun for you. That's very good. So we, there, there's the schedule of the day. And, and obviously, if you've read anything, everyone is encouraging the same thing to have some order to your day. Get up, put your clothes on, take your showers, get cleaned up, let's go for this day. And 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 if you do that and get consistent about it, you'll find out that some of these processes of your life in 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 having some things that are, are complicated or argumentative, they will subside. And, and, and if they subside, you may have to just take a pause and, and just walk away and breathe and, and and that may help you. So don't even though our schedules have all changed, get together. If it's in that one relationship with and I'm going to use husband and wife right now. If it's husband and wife and you're argumentative about certain things, let's what is bothering you? What is bothering you? Come to a, a compromise and agreement. But I'll guarantee you, if you've got a schedule and a routine that you're agreeing to, now you with your children or, or your teenagers, again, put them in a routine. They've been in a routine. So just because now we're locked down to our home, keep them in a routine. And our ch children's ministry has produced some things to keep them in a schedule, at least for some things of studying the Word and listening to videos. And we've sent out things to help you with that. Same thing with our Teenagers. So, so let's reiterate this a little bit for those that are typing in the chats. Thank you, Alex and Audrey. Um, some things that you can do to help you with the strain of too much togetherness is have a routine, number one. Number two, to give compassion and be a good listener to each other. Take time to listen. And number three, to give each other space, personal space. So this is the time I know in the mornings that this is the time when he's catching up on what, what do we need to do for the day? What things need to be addressed this morning? That's not the time to say, I've got to have a conversation about six months from now. Right now, I need to give him that personal space. So be a good listener. Be compassionate. Give each other space. Keep to the routine. And then give compassion to one another. You know, uh, there's seven days in a week. We know we're going to go to church on Sunday morning, wherever we go. 
We're going to have prayer on Wednesday night. Don't miss prayer. you got to have prayer in your life. And it helps sometimes to pray with other people. But your normal routine of school or work or when you go to work, you're not. <coughs> when you go to work, you're in a routine of that. You know, it's a scheduled, <coughs> scheduled thing. So, and, and some of you are working from home. So if you're working from home, um, which a lot of you are, then, then schedule your routine. Some of you have said, hey, I'm working maybe a few more hours than I normally do. Well, monitor that and take your breaks. And maybe the spouse in the house or you write yourself some notes to say, hey, I got I to gotta take a break. We got to have lunch, uh, whatever it is. I got to have my cafe break. Uh, take your breaks. And uh, just because you're working from home does not mean you need to work extra hours. Matter of fact, let's work less hours. <laughs> Pastor Jen thought she'd leave for some of this speech today. Uh, she's going to work more hours later. No, I'm just kidding. It's not perfect. <laughs> it's kind of a picture of Tuesday talk of your time at home. You're going to have moments where you get choked up. Um, Don't understand frustrated. why she got choked okay. up. All right, next question. <clears throat> Is it okay to listen to hip-hop or rap music if you are a Christian? Well, listen. You've heard me talk a lot. you making a choice to follow Christ. You're going to be in the Word. You're going to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It can't have yourself halfway in and halfway out. It's not good. And what happens is when you're listening to secular music, the lyrics of that, maybe the beat, maybe the, the tempo, maybe the rhythm of it, is you like that. But I'm telling you, in most um, lyrics of most secular songs, the lyrics are not godly. The lyrics do not raise up the Lord. And what that should say to you as a Christian, it is not something that is going to lift me up. Matter of fact, it's going to push me down. And those negative thoughts, a lot, particularly of rap music, it is, is a very negative vibe. But here's some reprieve for that. In every one of those kind of um, music genres, there is Christian music of equal quality, equal um, abilities. The, the, the musicianship is exactly the same as far as quality, but they get the anointing of the Holy Spirit on their life. So if you have a struggle with this, first of all, take it to God. Say, God, I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm wanting to listen to this. And, and say, okay, God, I, I promise to leave everything on the altar. I'm not going to leave just part of me on the altar. I'm going to give everything. And in that process, I'm telling you, God can help you. And there'll be these other genres as far as Christian music, rap Christian, rap music. Uh, so it's the message, not the melody. Right. It's yeah. the message. And you were telling me about a little song you used to listen to. Uh, I, You know, we've taught our kids, be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little feet where you go. Uh, that may be a good song for you because if, if your eyes are seeing things that doesn't need to be seen, out. If your ears are hearing things that shouldn't be hearing, out. And I'm not just talking that I'm sure... I shouldn't be because that sounds very biased, but I'm sure that was from a young adult. Yeah. But 
young adults, listen to me. Your pastor, I'm, I'm trying to protect you. Don't think you can do certain things of the world and it's going to be okay. You cannot draw the line because those enticing things from the enemy, there you think, oh, I like this and I enjoy this. Well, I'm telling you, it's the same enjoyment. If you're saying because of the rhythm or the beat or the musicality of that, it can be in Christian Or music. even the energy of it. It's there. Just go on YouTube and you can find all of it. And for this question, is it okay to listen to that music? In the in the chat, if you guys would put Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. Because the question is, is it okay to do this if you're a Christian? Well, like Pastor Rick said, if you're a Christian, it's about being obedient to the Word of God and to following Christ 100%, not 95%, not 90%, but 100%. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I'm following Him. So Proverbs 4.23 says, more than anything, and I would say that right now while we're alone and we're tempted to just say, I don't want to think about anything, the Word is still very clear. Proverbs 4.23 more than anything, you guard, protect your mind, for life flows from it. So don't say it won't affect you. Yeah, if well. you put it in your mind, it's going to affect the way you think about your partner. It's going to affect the way you think about your money and your finances. So it is all interrelated. And the word is very clear. Guard your mind. How do you talk to your kids? Let you start this answer about the coronavirus. Okay, talking to children. I'm excited. Audrey has a couple links that she's going to put in the chat for you. We've got a link in English. We've got a link in Spanish. I'm sorry we didn't find it in Italian yet. Uh, we'll get it translated, though, and get it out to you. Uh, but these are for practical approaches. They're from the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, practical ways. One of the things they recommend is that you be very calm, that you listen, that you, uh, it's not that you're ignoring a bad situation, but you let them know that there's hope, there's help, um, there's things that we can do to protect ourselves, and these are the reasons why we are doing those things. Um, for the spiritual approach, I want to encourage you that this is a great opportunity to help your kids understand that God is there in difficult circumstances. So one of the things um, our family has done with moms and grand and our grandkids and um, as the kids are writing in the morning in their daily journal um, they've written to the president to say thank you for what you're doing for our country and we're praying for you we're not judging we're not saying what could be done more or less we're just saying thank you for doing the best you can do and we're praying for you uh, they've written letters to people in other countries to say, if I was talking to you, I would say this. And I've been touched as I've gotten some of the messages from my grandkids that they've actually looked up verses, 11 years old, 8 years old, 5 years old, on how to encourage someone in the Lord. They've taken a memory verse and said, I remember the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. I would tell them to pray and remember the Lord is the shepherd. So this is a great opportunity to teach our children how to handle difficult circumstances with the power of God, the peace of God, and the love of God. And so we have those links that will be going up there for you. I also want to encourage you that Veggie Tales, if you know Veggie Tales, has a great video about uh, Shaq, Rack, and Benny. Shaq, 
Rack and Benny like, in the fiery furnace. We got people in our church name. <laughs> Shaq, Rack, and Benny. Ah. But it's a great video about being put in a situation that's really hard and difficult, and you don't know what to do. Shaq, Rack, and Benny. But you follow God's word, and he comes through in the fire with Shaq, Rack, and Benny. And Ooh. they survive. You can say we got people in our church named those names. So this is something that I think is cool as we're thinking about this and doing this Tuesday talk. We're talking about a heavy question. But Shaq, Rack, and Benny in Veggie Tales makes you smile just saying it. Exactly. Say it. You say it. Shaq, Rack, and Benny. Shaq, Rack, and Benny. <laughs> so even though it's a heavy topic, it doesn't have to be so heavy that when we're done, we pray. We say, let's take a minute. Let's just pray for those things that are on right. that we're concerned about. Right. And then when we say amen, we don't stay in that heavy atmosphere. We say, hey, who wants gelato? Who wants to play cards? Who wants to go outside and jump rope? There's some things we have to do to keep the atmosphere moving. Keep the atmosphere moving with our children. Okay? When people die in a disaster or in an affliction, does that mean God is judging them? When people die in difficult circumstances, does that mean God is judging them? Remember, the Bible says it's appointed unto man to die. So, even though we're born, our appointment in life is to eventually, we're going to die. But that's for the person that doesn't believe. The person that believes, our appointment is to live. You say, Pastor, you just said it's appointed unto man to die. No, it's appointed unto man to die, and there's also eternal life. So if you match the two, the believer says, I have heaven. I have eternal life. And, and so there's not a judgment on that. God is saying through his mercy and his grace to each of us, we're going to die. Some of us die earlier than others. You know, her grandmother was 101. Almost 102. That's old. I mean, that's a long life. You know, my dad was 81. So that's a big difference. And did they die because something was wrong with them? or Stuff happened. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and they die. And, and crisis happens. And so, you know, I think you and your subject of your mom is, is important. Yeah. You know, when hard things happen, does that mean the person who died is being judged or punished? Not not always. Most of the time, I would say probably not. So my mom was 39 years old. I was 15. And she was killed by a drunk driver. Now, my mom walked with Jesus. She loved Jesus. She was involved in her church and in her walk with Christ. She didn't die because she was bad or God was punishing her. And so one of the things that I stood on for my life was that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And so the virus is not in charge of my life. If I go to heaven tomorrow because I get sick, it's not because God is punishing me if I'm walking with the Lord. It's appointed unto each of us a time to die and go to heaven. And for me with my mom, I just thought if it wouldn't have been the drunk driver, it would have been something else. It was her time. It was her appointed time to go to heaven. Now, the way she went was very hard and difficult, but there is peace in knowing that God is with us. So you can know. I want to encourage you today. You know, I believe that people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, people who believe in the Word of God, for me personally, for Pastor Rick personally, 
there are some things I don't have the answer to the why. And so what I have to say is, God, what are you trying to teach me? How can my faith grow? Some of you that follow me, last week I went outside and looked at a dead bush. At least it looked dead from the surface. But then I looked at the roots and I could see that it was alive and it just hasn't bloomed yet in the season of spring. And so we have to remember that hard things happen. Pastor Rick says that a lot. It rains on the just. And the unjust. And the unjust. And so um, if you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, then you're looking at why is this happening to me and why is this happening to my family? And I can tell you, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world with a lot of poisons in it and toxins. And so hard things happen. But Jesus makes all the difference. The power of the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. And so um, we can know where we're going to spend eternity. And even though those that are left, we miss the one who dies. And I also think that sometimes in times like this, we're trying to figure out why. Because if I know why, then maybe it won't happen to me. But if I relinquish the, the need to know why, and I say, God, it's about surrender. It's about me letting you control my life. Then I won't worry. I mean, I need to know all the whys I can so that I'm informed. So I can wear a mask. I can wash my hands. I can stay in quarantine if I have to. I can wash my, my fruits and vegetables when I get them from the market. There are some things that information is good for. But as a child of God, when someone we love and care about dies, we have to say, Lord, you're, you're the ultimate judge. Only he alone knows what they might be whispering out to him in their final moments. And so we can pray with them. We can say, even if they're asleep on the bed, we can say, God, help them right now in their mind to know that you're with them. Help them to call on the name of Jesus. And so God will do that. We had a question about um, generational curses. And so, Pastor Rick, uh, what is what do you want to say about generational curses? Well, the first thing, when I saw the question, I thought, I think I need to make sure, at least those of you that I'm your pastor, be careful what you are doing on the internet. Some of you have a whole lot more time than you normally have. And the other day, I encourage you, be careful who you're listening to. Just because they've taken some kind of platform and are now speaking a message out there does not mean it's based on the Word of God. So just because you hear somebody say, oh, I like their style. We're not talking about style here. I'm talking about information that's going into your spirit man. And I want that spirit man to be built up. And so this question came on generational curses. And, and, and the scripture that immediately came to my mind was this. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And because of that, I want you to know, look, when you accept Christ into your life, everything, everything is new. DNA. Gone. <laughs> Past is gone. Curse is gone. All is gone. Now, on the subject of curses, it's the same thing on the subject of blessing. I believe there are curses, and I believe there are blessings. 
I'd much rather have the blessings than the curses. And I want to speak against those of you that curse or bring curses upon others. That's not appropriate. It's not, it's not anything you should be doing. And so I'm speaking to the people that don't believe in Christ. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You have no authority to speak curses upon my life or any of our people's lives. So I rebuke you. And I plead the blood over our, our believers and our, our followers of, in Christ and that your mind, your mind be protected so that when you think somebody's speaking bad against me or cursing me, that is not. Remember, we have the armor of God with, with stops, any fiery darts of the enemy into our lives. So if you think I'm going to be cursed, well, the, 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 the power of the armor is being raised up to stop those attacks. And so you've got to understand that. On the subject of, of the word generational curses, people have thought that there are curses that are passed down from generation to generation. I believe the power of God can break a generational curse. I'm going to say that again. The power of God can break a genera generational curse. And it doesn't skip a generation. I've heard people ask me that before. Well, it was my grandfather. You know, no, 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 no. Listen, once that curse has been broken, it's broken. So there's two trains of thought there. And there's something else I learned. I worked in domestic and sexual violence prevention and treatment for many years. And we talked a lot about patterns of behavior. So I did a lot of research on these generational curses of things that, you know, grandma and her family had it. And papa and his family had it. And mama and her family had it. And sister and her family had it. Some of it is patterns of behavior. And so all of these questions that we've covered today, I've talked about patterns of behavior, what I listen to, what I speak, how I deal with my money, how I deal with my partner, my, my friends, my girlfriends, my boyfriends, um, how I deal with my faith. And so old things are passed away. All things are become new in Christ. I can establish new patterns of behavior. It's never too late to start a new generational blessing. I want to say that again. It's never too late to start a new lineage of generational blessing. So you can be the one, however old you are, whether you have a family yet or not, young person, you are establishing patterns of behavior that will be generational blessings in your lineage for years to come. Right. And so should Jesus tarry and we don't go to be in heaven with him just yet, the people that we are interacting with affect the pattern of generational behavior that's very important to us. Check your Amen. messages. Yes. And I'll, I'll do this question and we're going to check if you had written messages in. How do you get out of a dry patch in your faith walk? And uh, we're both going to uh, give you some insight on this. Listen, what you put in your head... I call it in your head, it's your mind. I believe it also goes in your spirit, man. So if you're putting faith in, then there's going to be a lot of faith. If you're putting word in, there's going to be a lot of word. If you're putting in, and here's how do you get out. not listening, word is the Bible, the word of God. So if you're putting God's word in, then you're getting filled with God's word, which gives you strength. Now listen, 
Sometimes you need encouragement. How do you get encouragement? You, this patch this is how this question was written. This patch of dry. Listen, listen. <laughs> Lift up your head. Amen. Lift up your voice and start shouting unto the Lord. When you shout, the walls come down. Listen, obey what God is saying. Do what he's saying. And I'm going to tell you that dry patch is going to be over. You may do it through praise and worship. Get your praise on. If you've noticed in our church, I'm really big about letting your praise be kind of exuberant, uh, uh, aggressive, uh, fast. Energetic. The reason I do that is because I know who's in our room. And, and there's a lot of difficulties that our people have to go through every single week. And that's probably universal. So I don't want them walking into a room and we're singing. And, and you know, and I think that uh, that almost complicates the set the message. And so I'm trying to encourage you today is that if we allow the garment of praise, mm -hmm. the spirit of heaviness gets lifted off. And sometimes we just got to, you know, march and jump and shout and sing and put a smile on our face. And, um, and I want to encourage you today. I, I don't know who you are that wrote that question, but all I know is that God's got you. We want you to put it in the chat again, how you can email us for further prayer. If you're feeling dry, if you're feeling like your faith is waning, we need to pray together. The Bible says we're two or three agree as touching anything. Amen. We're going to pray in just a minute. We had a couple more questions, but just to wrap it up, um, something about the future, like, how do we know what the future holds? How do we uh, hold on for the future? There's there's difficult circumstances. When you're in the middle of a battle, it could be this virus that's in the world, but it could also be someone who's in the middle of a, a financial battle or a physical battle. Pastor Rick's been in that long physical battle over a year. So not just 30, 40, 60 days, but over a year he was in a physical battle. And How do you hold on for the future to your faith? Well... Again, you've heard my story, is that I allowed Psalm 91 to be put into my spirit, man, on a regular basis. Some days we clicked the, the computer oh, and, yeah. it, and it ran 24 hours where that guy was saying audibly, so I was hearing the, the entirety of Psalm 91. So how I made it, how I made a year of knowing that at any moment I could die. I look at our coronavirus situation and the lockdown of a few weeks. And for some of you, it's now been five weeks. I got that. But this one thing I know is God's going to see us through this. And, you know, when you think about the Israelite nation, they were in some difficult situations for a long period of time. I don't believe it's going to be a long period. In your definition, a long may be a week. In some of you, it's maybe a month. Some of you, it may be three months. But because I went through a journey that was uh, at least a year long, all I know is that this, I kept standing on God's promise to me. And when I kept standing on his promise that God was going to see me through this, I'd get up, even though I didn't feel like it some days, and I'd say, God, you're going to see me through this. And the days that I was so sick, I had to stay in that bed. All I know is this, I kept saying, God, and I tell my wife, turn that music up. 
turn that scripture up so that I could keep hearing. I'd go to sleep. I'd fall asleep hearing that. There is nothing more powerful <coughs> than hearing or speaking the word of God in your life. And so as someone, if someone is even sick and they don't know what the future is going to hold, you don't need to give them your opinion. You need to give them the word of God, the promises of God. Yeah. And so as we pray, we're going to pray. I want you to remember, you can email us at icfcenter.rome at gmail.com. You can find us on the website, icfrome.org. You can log in to go to classes that build your faith and teach you. You can log into a Zoom prayer meeting so you're not praying alone. And there are things that you can do to get yourself, don't lose sight, without a vision the people perish. So I have a vision, I'm going to make heaven. And I have a vision that until I get there, I'm going to walk in an abundant life because I'm going to put on my praise even when my spirit feels heavy. So Pastor Rick, you're going to pray for those. If you are hurting and you have questions that have not been answered, we will do this again and we will share with you more. But most importantly, I want you to read the word of God for yourself. Go to the Bible. Click on those links. Put it on your app on your phone. And read the Word of God, listen to the Word of God, and meditate on the Word of God. He has a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Lord, today as we end this time, and Lord, I know that, you know, we've tried our best to answer these few questions. Lord, I pray that it has brought clarity to people's hearts and minds. I pray the person that may be discouraged today and they're head is downtrodden, God, that you will lift their head. You said you'd be the glory and lifter of our head. Lift our heads today, oh God. God, I pray for those that may be struggling in their relationships. God, heal those relationships. I pray where kids are struggling right now. God, help those children. I pray, oh Lord, for people that are they're trying to do their classwork and they're, they're struggling even with that, oh Lord. God, help them. Revive them. God, I pray that we will be able to to not only talk to you, O Lord, but worship you. And as a group, O Lord, as we come together, we will worship you and bring you honor and bring you glory. So today, bless my friends today. Take care of them, I pray in Jesus' name. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for letting me talk to you today. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for letting us talk to you. Now talk to each other. Send a message. Send a message to somebody and say, hey, I love you and I'm praying for you right now. God bless you. Ciao, ciao.